If you have your Bible with you, I want to invite you to find the book of Numbers. Uh, Numbers is the fourth book in the Old Testament, and before you fall asleep, for some of you that know what the book of Numbers is like, uh, it, it'll be okay, I promise. Uh, Numbers uh, chapter 13 is where we will be, and then actually we're going to look at a few verses in chapter 14. Uh, and so we are going to be there in a few minutes. Numbers chapter 13, if you want to find that and put your finger there. This morning we are beginning a brand new series of messages that we've titled Growing in Christ. Um, there's a phrase that we say around here quite often. Uh, maybe you've heard it, maybe you have not. We say the words one more a lot. One more. And we say one more because in a way we feel as though this is who we're supposed to be and what we are supposed to be doing as a church. To help one more person who is lost or one more person who is hurting or one more person who is far from God. And we are a very outward focused church in what we do and in the way we think. But that phrase, one more, is really only half of the equation for us here at River of Life. There's actually three more words after one more that create the rest of what we have, we call our mission statement here. Those three words are growing in Christ. You see, not only are we about adding to the kingdom of God new Christians, we take the Bible very serious when it talks about continuing to grow in our relationship with God. And we took this phrase, growing in Christ, from two verses that are found in the book of Colossians. This short passage of scripture is going to kind of serve as the, as the theme verses for the next four weeks. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7 says this, Just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots go down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will, will grow strong in, truth you were in the truth you were taught. You will overflow with thankfulness. So it's like this. You've accepted Jesus. You've taken that first step of faith, but it's not supposed to stop there. There's much more to this. You've done that. Now we need to begin to let our roots go down into him, which that him being Jesus. We need to let our roots go down into him. And we go further and further down so that our lives can be built on him. The last part of verse 7 says this, Then your faith will grow strong. Grow. You could easily say it this way, The deeper we are rooted in Jesus, the more we grow in Christ, the stronger our faith becomes. I like that. The deeper we are rooted in Jesus, the more we grow in Christ, the stronger our faith becomes. So for the next four weeks, this is our focus. To ask the question, what does it look like for us to take a step forward in our spiritual lives to grow in Christ? And here at River of Life, we have six ways that we see people grow in Christ. And I'm going to go through these six really quick, but don't worry about it. We're going to go through all six for the next four weeks. So six ways that spiritual growth happens, that we see this happen in a positive and a, and a powerful way. The first one is this, is private disciplines. Private disciplines. We begin to talk to God more. We begin to pray more. We begin to read his word more. We dig into the Bible. And we allow what we learn there to shape us. The second thing is this, it's powerful moments. 
We have these supernatural experiences with God. We have supernatural experiences in our lives as we give God more opportunities to move. The third way is practical teaching. We hear the truth of God and grow as we understand and obey that truth. Number four is personal ministry. We begin to serve and to minister to people inside and outside the church. Number five, pivotal circumstances. We face difficult circumstances and lean into God during those hard times. And number six, the one that we are going to talk about today is providential relationships. We surround ourselves with the right people, the people who will help us grow. All right, so that's enough of an introduction. That is what we are going to be talking about for the next four weeks, growing in Christ. What does that look like? How do we do this? How do we live this out? How do we make this an action step? And before we get into our passage, I do want to give a little bit of background because, like I said, we're in the book of Numbers, and there aren't a lot of us that have read through Numbers, honestly, without falling asleep. Come on. Uh, We are at a point in the book of Numbers where the Israelites are at the edge of the promised land that God has, has promised their ancestor Abraham. And God has brought them out of the land of Egypt where they had been slaves for 400 years. Moses... God's chosen leader is for the Israelites has sent 12 men to check on this promised land. He basically goes, hey, you 12, go check it out. And what we're going to look at today is what these 12 men had to say about this land. So let's get into our passage. Like I said earlier, we're in the book of Numbers, Numbers chapter 13. And if you are willing and if you are able, would you please stand with me as we read God's word? All right, Numbers 13, starting verse 30. But Caleb, so this is their report. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of, the, of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. Then the whole community began weeping aloud, and they cried all night. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron, crying, if only we had died in Egypt or here in the wilderness, they complained. Wow, what a group. Let's pray. Father God, this seems like a crazy thing in the, book, in the Bible, and we're talking about relationships, but God, I just ask right now that you would begin to open our hearts and open our ears to see what this passage of Scripture says to us, how it can challenge us in, our, in, the, in the people that are involved in our lives and who we are listening to. So God, speak to us right now. God, you need to speak through me because I'm a mess without you. So God, this needs to be of you, and we give this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can have a seat. All right. We'll get back to our passage in a little bit. But I love stories. We're talking about providential relationships, and I love stories. My favorite are hearing people's stories, especially their faith story, how they came to know Jesus. What led up to that? What was their life like? How has their life changed? And I think when you hear somebody telling their faith story, 100% of the time it will involve people, right? 
I don't think that any of us in here that has that kind of story, that has had that moment where we accept Jesus, that we have this newfound faith, that we said that, well, in isolation and in all by myself, I came to know God. And all by myself, in isolation, I became everything God wanted me to be. I don't think that's any of us. I think that there were people involved. I think that there was somebody that spoke into your life. I think that that person was a pivotal point in your life. People and relationships are a powerful influence in our lives. I mean, think about it. Who's that someone in your life who has been a positive influence? Who's the person that has had a, a powerful, positive impact on your faith walk? There may be somebody that came into your life just boom and made a profound difference in who you are today. I want to challenge you with this. Have you thought about them lately? Have you prayed for them lately? Have you thanked them lately? Because sometimes I think we have these moments in their life and they're so powerful, but sometimes we need to tell that person how powerful that was because relationships are important because they need to know they made a difference too which will encourage them to continue to do what they did with you. We can easily associate these kinds of people who seem to drop in on our, in on our lives with the word providential, meaning God-given or put there on purpose, the kind of relationships that have defined where we are in our walk with God. They just show up. It's like you were having a tough time in your life, and you're like, God, I just need somebody, and like, in the next day, you, you run into them, and you're like, what? That was awesome. God-given relationships, providential relationships. When I look back at my faith story, God has used so many people, because I'm a little stubborn, to play a pivotal part in who I am today and how I live my life today. My parents, of course, did their best and shook their head most of the time. I've had teachers and coaches, pastors, mentors, and friends all speak into my life. The course I took wasn't always a straight one, though, because we have to allow that information and their correction and their encouragement to sink in. We have to choose to use it. And for some of my life, I did not do that. I'm thankful for the ones that pulled me back in. Providential relationships, they come in at just the right time. And again, I'm just going to reiterate, relationships are powerful. And relationships can either cause us to grow deeper in our relationship with God or they can cause us to go further from him. Depending on which of the two you listen to, it will determine the growth and the depth of your faith. Now the passage we read earlier in the book of Numbers, I know seems a little obscure when it comes to relationships, but I think that it speaks volumes about how important it is to decide who we choose to listen to. From what we read, we have two different reports. In chapter 13, verse 30, we see their response. Caleb first speaks up and he said, he told the people of Moses to be quiet. And he said, let's go up at once and take the land, for we are well able to take it in battle. I don't think there's even a pause. And there's this other group of 10 that says, but the men who had gone up with him, here's the 10, being all loud and noisy, we are not able to go up against the people. They are too strong for us. They had, they so they brought the people of Israel bad news about the land they had spied out, saying, the land we have gone to spy out is a land that destroys those who go there to live. One group 
two different reports. One group of 10 focusing on how big and large the people of the land are, how strong the cities they have, that they have built, that there's absolutely no way that they can take them, only focusing on they, what they themselves can do, what individually that they could do. And then there are the two. Joshua and Caleb have apparently remembered what God had previously done for the Israelites. But they have also watched Moses. Moses was not a perfect man. He was a complicated man if you study his life. But he was a man who sought after God. And Joshua and Caleb have allowed Moses to lead them, to speak into their lives, to challenge them to grow in their relationship with God. And we see how this deep relationship, this providential relationship that they have, has influenced their response. Unfortunately, the people of Israel decided to listen to the group of ten, and this was their response. Then all the people cried out with a loud voice, and they cried that night. All the people of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron and said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt. You know what got them? Well, let's check that out. Numbers 14, verse 22. All the men, this is God speaking, all of the men who have seen my greatness and my wonderful works, which I did in Egypt and in the desert, but have put me to the test these ten times have not listened to my voice. For sure, they will not see the land I promised their fathers. None of those will have tur- who have turned away from me will see it. Let's just put it simply. It got them 40 years of wandering in the desert and death. No, never to enter the promised land. And looking at this story, I know it's obscure and it's a little different, but I think that we can learn something about how important and how careful we need to be about who we allow into our lives and who we allow to speak the loudest in our lives. We need to choose wisely who we allow to influence our relationship with God. The Israelites chose to allow these ten men's perspective to completely change the trust that they had in God. I mean, these guys have, they were enslaved in Egypt for 400 years. And they watched God provide miracle after miracle and plagues in Egypt to free them from Egypt. And then be led out to the Red Sea and then they, he watched, they watched God make dry land in the sea. And he led them, and he provided for them all this time. He gave them a way out. God provided everything that they had needed, and yet, with one report, everything changed. I hope we pay attention and we don't make that same kind of mistake in our life, in our relationship with God, and how we walk with God. We need to definitely choose better. We need to choose to listen to the few maybe that are speaking in our life and not the, the noise of our culture. I mean, think back about it. We just talked about the Israelites, and man, how could they have seen this, this, and this, and this? But where are you at with your faith? Are you struggling? Are you, are you flailing in the wind a little bit? Well, think back about when you started your walk with God. Do you remember? We were on fire. We were excited. We shared our newfound faith and our story with anyone who would listen. You would read his word and you would pray. You were growing. You were involved with people who spoke into your life. You chose to be in church on Sunday mornings. My question is, is are, you, are you still there? 
And if you're not, why? What has caused this disconnection from God and has stopped you from growing? I'm going to be super bold here and say that we have taken out a very crucial step from the start of our faith journey. If you are feeling like you are disconnected, if you are feeling like, I don't know anybody, I don't, I don't fit in, I want to take you back to where you started with your faith and who were you connected with. Relationships with the right people. I get that when we, we start out on our journey and life gets busy and schedules get busy and there's never and never enough time in our day. And then begins the drift. We drift away. Like the people of Israel, they just drifted away the memories of what God has done. We drift away from the people who first spoke into our lives and we try and fill it up with things that we can do on our own because there's just not enough time. But it's not the same, and soon we're not only drifting away from the people, but we start to question and drift from our faith altogether. And we stop growing. Soon, when we've drifted far enough away from the people that we were connected with, the people that kept us grounded, the people that challenged us to grow and asked us, what are you reading? What are you doing to grow in your faith with God? The further we get from them, suddenly... The voice of our culture pipes in a little bit louder and a little bit louder. And in an age of internet, social media, thousands of podcasts, we seem to allow total strangers to become a massive influence in our life. Rather than seeking out meaningful, life-giving, faith-filled relationships with those around us. So what voices are you listening to? Are you listening to the few maybe asking you if you're going to join a life group? Are you listening to the few asking you to come to just a Bible study or to church on Sundays or youth group, whatever, and being consistent in it? Are you listening to the crowd, our culture, that devours our time and resources, leaving us absolutely empty and feeling distant from God? If you are feeling distant from God, I challenge you. The book of Proverbs says this. Proverbs 13.30 says, Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get into trouble. Most of us have heard this verse before. But I just want us to take a moment to see the words. We, we focus, yep, we got we to gotta walk with the right people. And yes, I'm not discounting that. But I just want us to look at the word walk. It didn't say like a Facebook post. didn't say like a podcast. It said to walk, to walk with God, to walk with other people that will grow us in our faith, to build a relationship with somebody who is wise, who's maybe experienced a little more than you have and can help you and give you the experience that they have and share it with you. Guys, proximity matters. Don't just follow somebody on the Internet for your spiritual growth every day. Have an accountability partner. Have somebody that you do a devotion with every day. Maybe it is on an app. The Bible app is great in some ways, right? But don't just follow somebody on the internet and seek out information from them. Seek out people to do life with. I think that if we truly want to grow in Christ, we need to do this. We need to take action. We need to get out of our chairs, out of our lazy boys, and go. 
and get into relationships with people whose faith is rooted so deep into Jesus that it forms their decisions and their responses to life. Because when you connect with those people, that's what your life is going to look like. We need to take action. We can't just expect God to, yes, God provides people and drops them in the right places when we need them, it seems, but he isn't going to do that all the time. You have to do your part. We need to take action. We need to seek out wise people to follow, to see how they live their life, to see how they make their decisions and how they respond to life's up and downs. Because if you're waiting for that relationship to happen, they don't just happen. And you cannot create those relationships. You need to seek out a group of people, and those those relationships will happen in time. We absolutely have a part to play in this. We have to take action. We need to put our phone down. We need to log off the computer. We need to take out the earbuds. Stop listening to our culture and go and be with people. People who will spur us on in our walk with God. So we need to take action and we need to go. But here's another key. We need to stay connected to that community of faith. You cannot expect this to happen if you show up occasionally. You must commit yourself to this community of faith. If you're wondering why, I'm in a life group, but I showed up twice and we met for 14 weeks. Why didn't I connect? Well, there you go. You need to be there. Just because your name's on a list doesn't make you grow. Show up. Participate. Be active in those groups. Commit yourself to a community of faith. Clear your schedule. Cut something out. Cut a relationship out that's harming you, that's pulling you away from those things. Make it a priority to go deeper with Jesus, with a community of believers. Do you know what's really amazing is when we are connected to a community of believers, it will not only grow our faith, but it puts us in a position to help somebody else's faith grow because you know what? You're an important part of their story. And if you're not where you need to be growing in Christ, you can't be used by him if you're not there. You are an important part of somebody's story. We all have a part to play, and you just might be the answer to somebody's prayer. God created us for relationships. I mean, in Genesis, God said, man, it's not good for man to be alone. He created us for relationships, for our lives to completely intertwine with one another. And we cannot expect these things to happen without taking action, without going and finding those people of faith that will build us up, that will give us life, that will encourage, that will challenge us, that will maybe bring confrontation if we need it. I'm going to ask Terry to come up and just play. So, Aaron, how do we sum all this up? Well, I've got two points here, and it says, we grow in Christ when we are in community with other followers of Jesus. These aren't very brilliant points, guys. They're pretty simple. They're probably something you've heard before. We grow in Christ when we are in a community with other followers of Jesus. And the second one is this, is we grow in Christ when we allow others to speak truth into our lives. 
We need to be in these groups of people so that they can encourage us. But guys, sometimes we need somebody to stand up and go, you need a moment with God. And we need to be okay with that. We need to be okay and open for people to speak truth into our lives because if we do not allow them to do this, we won't change. So my question with these two points is, who are you doing life with? Is it people who are seeking God's will for their life and living that out daily? And if you are in that, maybe the next step is you need to allow those people to speak truth into your life. To be honest. To be upfront. Are you in the second group where you're listening to the loudest group, the group of ten, let's say, our culture, or friends that draw you away from, from God? Where are you at? Where's the majority of your time spent? <laughs> Andy Stanley has a quote that I think all of us adults, especially parents, love to tell kids. He says this, your friends determine the direction and the quality of your life. I think a lot of parents like that. Your friends determine the direction and the quality of your life. Can I tell you something? Hey, adults, your friends will determine the direction and the quality of your life. We easily can say this to kids and young people, but how much do we look in the mirror and say it to ourselves? Who's influencing you? Who's drawing you closer to God? Thank him. And tell him to keep going. I want to challenge you if you're sitting here today that maybe you're sitting here and you feel like I'm not plugged in. I don't feel connected in any way. Get reconnected. Because proximity matters. Relationships matter. And I'm just going to give you a few ideas. If you feel disconnected here at church and no, you're, not, you're not feeling like you have a great relationship, get in a life group. I don't say that for my health, guys. I say that because I've been in a life group because I've had people speak into my life. I've had mentors challenge me to change me. Get in a life group. Maybe you're already in a life group and you're like, well, what else can I do? Because I need to cut some of this other stuff out of my life. I need something to fill that gap. Maybe you need to serve on a ministry team here. We've got lots of areas that you can volunteer. Maybe you want to serve in the nursery. Oof. God bless you. God bless you. Maybe you want to work in the cafe. Maybe you want to be an usher. Maybe you want to be on the prayer team. Serve on a ministry team. Attend Sunday night prayer services. We set it up where it is a time for you to come in here and be quiet before God and pray. But you know what? It's cool because we can pray for one another while we're here too. Maybe plug into Sunday night prayer. There's this. We have a, we have a couple people from our church here that are doing this. They're going on a missions trip. They have raised money or they have sacrificed something in their budget so that they can go and serve others. And you know what? That group of people that goes will have a connection 
And they will build relationships with one another that is different than anything they could ever do here. If you need ideas of how to feel connected or you just want to sit down and talk about, man, my faith, it just feels weak, let's sit down and talk. Come, Call me, stop in at the church, talk to myself, talk to Pastor Josiah about how you can get connected. I want every one of us to be connected with somebody of faith that's so rooted into Jesus that, it, that every decision that they make, let's find those people. And maybe you're that person with experience that you feel like, I'm doing this. You know what? Come talk to me too because maybe there's people we can connect you with so you can speak truth into their life. You have a part to play too. So what is God speaking to you today? Guys, this is hard because if we're truly being honest with ourselves, we need to cut a lot of stuff out of our lives. Because I've heard every excuse in the book of I don't have time. I don't have time to read God's word. I don't have time to pray. Oh, to join a life. Are you kidding me? This is hard. It might be a friendship or relationship that we need to cut out of our life. That's hard. And I don't say that just to say it's hard. I've done it. I've done it where I've had to cut people completely out of my life so that I could grow closer to God. It's hard. But we have to make a choice. I don't want you to just look at what you'll be taking away, but look at the relationships that God will bring your way. Look at the depth and fullness of life that God will give you when you do this. I want us to stand together. I just want us to close our eyes and bow our heads for just a couple minutes here. I just want to challenge you. Who are you doing life with? Who are you doing life with? Are there relationships that you need to cut? Is it a scheduling issue? Man, I just want to challenge you to step up and be in relationship with one another. God, I just want to pray for every person here right now. God, we all have things in our life, myself included, God, my schedule. I'm always saying how busy I am. But God, help me to make room for you. Help me to make room for the people that you provide in my life that will speak truth, that will cause me to go deeper and grow in you more. Because, God, we're only going to grow if we're in community. This is massive. And so, God, I pray for each individual here that you would set something upon their heart, that they would go home and they would sit down and they would take a look at their schedule. Maybe they look at their friend list on Facebook and start cutting. God, we just, we just want more of you. So God, as we leave here today, change us. Change our attitude about who we hang with Help us to make the changes that we need to make. 
Give us strength. Give us wisdom. Help us to see the benefits of growing deeper in you and not looking at what we're going to lose because we choose you. God, be with us. With our heads still bowed and our eyes closed. Maybe you're here and you're like, Aaron, you've been talking about this relationship with Jesus and I'm, I don't know, I don't even know what that means. Let me tell you what this means. There's a God who loves you, who sent his one and only son to die for you so that he could have a relationship with you. <laughs> a relationship, again. He loves you. He has a plan for your life, and he so desperately wants to be a part of your life. And so maybe you're here today and you're like, this is my moment. I want to start this walk. I want to start this work with God. So their heads bowed and our eyes closed. If there's anybody here that just says, hey, that, that's me. I need to start this walk with God first before I can join groups and grow deeper. I need to start. Is there anybody here that would say that's for them this morning? God, we thank you for what you've spoken to us. God, thank you for using me. I hope, God, that, that your word spoke volumes to people today, that it wasn't me, that it was all about you. God, I just ask that you bless each and every one of us as we walk out of here today. Challenge us to go find those relationships. Challenge us to cut our schedules. Let's do this together. God, thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.